Hello and welcome to the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. I am joined. Uh, well, actually, I will tell you, I'm I'm the second most handsome man in the room. Uh, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the room by myself. Actually, that's that's even scarier. But in the Zoom room, <laughs> second most handsome. So I'm joined on this edition by uh, the most handsome man in sports entertainment. It's the Sam Barber experience. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me, Billy. I'm very excited for this. When I was going through. Pretty much when I, when I get guests, because I'm quite anxious with actually asking people, I go through people that follow me first. That's always the best way. So right. <laughs> then the next one is, who's got their emails open? Great, that's fine, you're next. And uh, <laughs> thankfully you, you have, and thankfully you answered. So uh, yeah, we've yep. got you on. And when I was going through, when I go through my research, I'm like, Sam Barber, I've, I've heard the name, I've heard that I've seen you, like, I haven't seen you wrestle live, unfortunately. But I thought, okay, he's done a few things. This, this will be fun. And then I was going through your like just your cage match profile and going, Jesus, he's he's he's, he's fair packed in quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I have to, I've done not too bad for myself. Uh, this has been no five six years on now. From, yeah, uh, yeah, from my debut. Went twenty sixteen. Are, are you just discounting twenty twenty one entirely? Kind of that whole eighteen month weirdness. Yeah, yeah, probably just discount that. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, not all happened anyway. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, so the first question we ask is, uh, so unfortunately, it's, it's it's the most cliche wrestling question you get on a podcast. But oh, yeah. I've got to know, uh, how did you get into pro wrestling? What was the moment that got you hooked? <clears throat> I can't, I can't define a singular moment that got me hooked into wrestling. However, I can say that it was like my dad who was into wrestling. And from that, because he was into wrestling, uh, like it, it got me into wrestling as well. So, uh, and I have this vivid, vivid memory of being given smack in the PlayStation 1 game uh, as a present for Easter, because my family done Easter presents. I'm a privileged child, what, what can I say? Uh, however, like, so my mum and dad were separated, so uh, I got given it just before Easter. And I got told not to play it before Easter Day for some reason. Like they're treating it like a birthday. Uh, and uh, I was a bit sneaky and I played it before Easter Day. So I got into trouble for that. But And that wasn't even my first wrestling game as well. So I can't define uh, when I started liking wrestling. But like it's, it's just kind of like taking me from there. And I've like some of my, my most vivid childhood memories revolve around wrestling as well and it's just it's something that I've grown up with something that like I absolutely adore and that's why I, uh, I, I pursue it you know uh, some, something I said that I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, but yeah like ever since I was a young age so that that must have been when I was four at least uh, and yeah I just like I've, I've actually still got the game as well uh, much like as I guess the trends now I have all my retro consoles in another room and with that the full game collection as well. So uh, I, I, I don't think I can get away. I mean this 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 is probably this is my little corner of, of wrestling stuff. I don't think I can get away with that, the the whole game system. It's a dream. It's obviously the dream, but <laughs> of course you know, I but you know, there's two people in this house and uh, you know, she's in charge. Uh, so <laughs> and uh, so that that belt behind you as well that European title belt. So uh, when when I was younger, that was my first replica belt. So it wasn't like the metal one, but it was like the plastic one. So I remember like cutting about with it in my house because uh, so I, a wee bit of kind of background. I used to stay in a flat, so uh, I didn't like go out and play anything at all. I was kind of confined to the flat. So my best friend was. 
probably a three-foot teddy bear, I guess, and I used to fling it about something awful and pretend I was the European champion uh, as well. So I I don't, unfortunately, have that anymore. Oh, we, we, we all did it. We all did it. I mean, I, my, my family were just... Um, we, we made do kind of thing. I, I would find creative ways to get my wrestling fix in, uh, whether it was just going to a friend's house and, and that. I made myself a hardcore belt out of cardboard. Um, but my mate had, uh, he had, the, he had plastic ones as well. He had a smoking skull belt, nice. um, which was amazing. And Always he had that. the WWF Tag Team Championship as well cool. so we were always if i was going up to his we'd always end up like wrestling in they had a bigger garden so we'd end up wrestling there or or because that's where we'd have to be because we start up 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 in his bedroom and we get yeah, chucked out yeah. <laughs> to do it doing the grass instead <laughs> and uh i ended up when i went to my first wrestling show he kind of fell out of wrestling i was like right. we still got those belts and he went ah, i think so yeah find them oh i'll give you i'll give you like a tenner for them yeah yeah, yeah. So I've ended up with the with, uh, behind the European belt. I'll see if I can get out, actually. Because uh, I've got loads of our crap in here as well. <laughs> End up with it. Nice. So That's class. That is, how old is it now? 2000. So I probably got it yeah, a little lot after that and end up getting signed by uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hey, oh, and Billy nice. Gunn. Because Hacksaw asked, and I, you don't say no to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No, definitely not, no. So. And Billy Gunn, by the way, he is monstrous. Like, I did not <clears> realise <throat> how big he is. Uh, so I, I met him uh, a few times, actually. And uh, so I got my picture with him as well, just because I was like, when am I ever actually going to get to see Billy Gunn again? One, one of the cardinal rules is, oh, you don't get photos with imports and stuff like that. But I'm like, nah, like, it's Billy Gunn. Like, he was one of my favourites when I grew up. So I've got this Polaroid of me standing next to Billy Gunn and I am like shoulder height and I'm like just a touch under six foot and like Billy Gunn is towering over me and like so he's that tall but it's just so wide as well. It's like monstrous crazy. I, I've got the same picture, obviously of me, not, not of you, that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, I, I got that, that's when I got that same my first wrestling show in Aberdeen, um well WrestleZone show in Aberdeen. And uh, yeah, met, that's when I met Hacksaw and I met Billy Gunn and yeah. Like you're saying, met Billy Gunn. I'm five ten, just about five ten, and to see the size of this man was just like, you don't look that big on TV. <laughs> there yeah. you are. Uh, but you same with you know, with any wrestlers. Well, I mean, Chavo Guerrero was the other one that comes to my mind when I saw him, and I was like, he was shorter than me, but he was huge. He was like yeah. broad, and he could just rip you apart if you really wanted to. Um, and I, and I and back in my youth, I said some really nasty things about him on Twitter, so they really <laughs> wouldn't remember me. But no, he was really nice. But um, so, so early favorites then. So you had SmackDown. Game. You said SmackDown game wasn't your first one though. What, what did you have? Do you remember what you had before? Yeah, it must it must have been Warzone. Right. So I think because I ended up like coming in possession of all of them anyway. But I had Warzone and I had Attitude. So I was a PlayStation boy uh, growing up. Uh, so yeah, I had Warzone and I had Attitude. But I actually think I had Attitude first, and then I got Warzone. Uh, but yeah, I, because the reason why I remember that was because when I got it, The Rock was like the people's champ, The Rock. And then when I got Warzone, they turned up Rocky Maivi. And I was like, who's this? Like, this isn't like The Rock that I know. You know, that's like original gimmick rock. And I'm like, nah, I, I didn't kind of like understand it at the time because I was such such a young guy. Uh, and that's when, uh, in Warzone as well, Triple H had the long tights. 
yeah. as well, which like I didn't understand either because when I started getting into wrestling, he had like the, the trunks, essentially. Uh, and the, the first feud I remember was the Rock and Triple H. And I know you said like something's going in tangents and stuff like that. And hopefully this does somewhat answer the question as well. But uh, so my favourite group growing up and probably favourite now is The Rock. Like he is like so charismatic. Like I'm just kind of like drawn to him. Uh, and like The Rock Triple H is like my defining childhood feud. If you get me, everyone says, oh, no, it's always like Rock and Austin. And obviously they, they main evented. But like one, one of the biggest crimes is the fact that like Rock and Triple H never had a one-on-one at WrestleMania. Because the only time they ever faced each other at WrestleMania, as you may know, is WrestleMania 2000, when it was a McMahon in every corner. Uh, and that was also the first WrestleMania that I remember as well. Like That's when I used to stay up every Friday night on and watch uh, watch Raw on Sky Sports 1 and wake up the next morning and Smackdown was on Sky 1. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it was round about then that was being allowed to stay up late. Uh, so WrestleMania 2000, I believe, was my first uh, WrestleMania that I remember. Do you ever find that, because when you get older, of course, and you get a little bit more in the know with all this kind of stuff, and you became a wrestler, so you have a little bit more in the know-ness about it. Uh, do you ever find when you when you hear all these like kind of critics and journalists and whatever they want to call themselves like slate for your for your in your case WrestleMania two thousand you're just you're like no that, that big nostalgia feel uh, to mm. it because mine WrestleMania fifteen which is hailed as probably one of the worst ones but I love it because it was my first WrestleMania just the best thing ever. What was what was the main event for fifteen? Uh, it was Rock Austin, but it was the fir- first Rock Austin. Right, right, right yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like people just kind of come to the product and not even just like critics and like casuals, but like just with different eyes as well. Like so, like for the likes like my peers, essentially, like they they view a thing and like oh, there was no like story building, there was no like uh, that was just like a big spot this and stuff like that. But do you know, what? like different folks, different strokes. Like I, I live by that. Like wrestling should be a variety show, one hundred percent, and. Uh, for example, WrestleMania 2000, if that wasn't up to Dave Meltzer's like, cup D, then like, who cares? You know, it's going to be like thousands, like hundreds of thousands of other people's cup of tea. And like, that's what they remember fondly as well. So like, I do, I do understand like that's like some people's jobs to kind of rate it and stuff like that, but you don't necessarily need to agree with it. It's just one person's opinion. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the way to do it. It's, it's like anyone that I, I sometimes do reviews of shows, I, I try I try to be, if I'm going to be critical, I try to at least put a spin on it, you know, like, because mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm, I've never done it, never done it. So who am I to, to really judge? But I know what I feel, you know? Yeah. That's the kind of way I go by it. If I didn't, I thought this wasn't great, but I always try to put it to me because I know so. Because when I go to shows, it might be a match I didn't like, but there's mm-hmm. three kids that are the loudest people in the room that cheered the whole time. So I'm like, someone did. So cool. That's, yeah, exactly. That's your thing. Um, Anyway, this is this this isn't going to be be, be me ranting about uh, people whinging <laughs> on the internet. So we'll we'll move on. <laughs> so um, so you went from from watching, you went from playing the games. Um, Attitude was was probably my first one as well. Um, I remember the red cover to it. Yeah, um, I loved playing. This again, off off topic, off tangent, where I'm going. But I remember in your house as well. It was I think it was called Bango's neighborhood. No, that was uh, 
backyard wrestling but uh, in your house and they have like superpowers and stuff like that yeah, as well i have never played that game but i've wanted to so much so i've like and I've tried to find like an emulator that I could do it because it looks so cool. It's like obviously Mortal Kombat, but wrestling like original Mortal Kombat, you know, because uh, it's like the actual pictures of people and like the superpowers just they look class. Like I've I've seen videos of other people playing it, but I've never actually got to play it myself. So that that obviously must be like some game. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it didn't exist for a long time. I thought like a Mandela effect fever dream that I imagined this game, and then I finally saw. So I think Undertaker at some point hits you with a, a casket and then buries you and it comes up with a little R.I.P. gravestone. From what I remember, it's just mm-hmm. absolute nuts. Uh, but how'd you go from them playing the games and wrestling with your teddy bear, uh, which we've mm-hmm. all done? Don't lie if you're <laughs> listening to this, you have. Uh, how'd you go from that to actually going, you know what, I'm going to try this. Now, I know I'm, I was going to fall into a trap saying you started GPWA, but I listened to ESSR. Eat, sleep, suplex, retreat this morning, and mm. you didn't start at GPWA. You started at Source. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, I did start at Source. Yeah. Now, I so the the Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Repeat podcast was a while ago, so I don't know. I have not listened to it. Like it was 20, twenty eighteen. Oh, I was looking back thinking, wow, there's a lot. A lot has happened since twenty eighteen. <laughs> you're right. You're right. A lot has happened. Uh, so yeah. So that's when I started off. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's a bit foggy, uh, as to, so I did go a few times, uh, but it was a, a bit foggy as to who was a coach when I packed it in. Uh, so I think maybe about, I don't know, 20, 2012, I think that I went to source. Uh, and I said, I did go a few times. So, uh, I, one session uh, was, and I'll, I'll just name names, uh, one session was Jam O'Malley, uh, another session was Michael Whiplash, and another session was Demo. Uh, and do you know what? I was enjoying it, it was cool, uh, and it was my first kind of foray into wrestling. And I said that, like, I wrestled my teddy bear before, and I've got a younger sister as well, uh, and I don't think I said this in the last podcast as well, but uh, my sister and I, she, like, we wrestled as well. She was just, she's an aggressive person so she just loved to fight she didn't really care for wrestling at all you know so like if I was doing moves she was like right cool punch you know <laughs> I was like right okay cool uh, so there's there's a, a wee bit of a age difference between us there's five years between us uh, and on more than one occasion uh, it ended up in a result uh, to the, the A&E so my sister uh now has a, a dodgy shoulder because I have dislocated her arm not once but twice. Uh, and on the second uh, visit to the hospital, the doctor actually said, right, kill this could actually be a problem. So one, camera sundown. <laughs> and two, uh, actually showed my dad how to pop my sister's arm back in place as well, just in case it does happen again. Uh, which is, I mean, cool, but I mean, it was bad when the doctors showed you how to pop your daughter's arm back in because your son's a bit like wrestling obsessed. Uh, so thankfully, in wrestling, I've not taken it to those extremes. I've not ripped anyone's uh, arm out the socket, which is good. Uh, but yeah, so a, a number of years after we went to Amy, uh, I seen this advert on. On Facebook, I think it was, uh, and 
ended up going to Source. Went a few times, really enjoyed it. And then one session, because I hadn't really done much then uh, because it wasn't like GPWA is where like, everyone comes in on the same level. There was mixed experience levels. So for myself, I was coming fresh. I didn't know how to bump, how to kind of fall properly, protect myself. So we were doing this drill and it was a case of running, uh, take a tackle and then fall. So we're doing it, we're doing it. And then I fall too hard. Like So someone just goes through me thinking of the big man, and I'm not going to name names because that's, that's just a bit disrespectful, but uh, someone goes through me, I, I take a fall, and I knock my head, and I knock my head so bad that I have one eye facing forward, one eye facing that way, so and I'm in a windward at the time, so when I drive home, I need to actually drive with one hand over my eye, so I can see straight because I, I literally cannot straighten my eyes at all. And I can only blink with one eye as well. And I can only blink with, well, I could only blink with the good eye. So that's why I literally had to drive one-handed on my way back. Uh, and then after that, I was like, you know what, this probably isn't for me because I went to the hospital the next day and they said, yeah, you've got a severe concussion. Uh, and it lasted two days. And to be honest, ever, ever since then, like sometimes I do get a wee bit dizzy. From, from time to time it just kind of it shows you like everyone knows uh, that there is kind of negative uh, negative connotations of concussions in wrestling and that was just one concussion and that's kind of me gubbed essentially um, I mean go back a little bit the start of that story you and your sister all I had in my head was you really going um, I'll see this is a figure four leg lock I do I turn turn your leg here and she's just going no I'm just going to kick you yeah <laughs> so yep. that's what's going to happen here. Um, it kind of got, got you used to the, the, the real life aspect of wrestling and how a little bit silly it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a wee bit. Uh, she's like, no, not happening for me. Uh, you can grab my leg if you want, but I'm going to like kick you off. So, aye. Uh, but no, the concussion thing, well, not not to downplay the concussion thing because that's quite, quite a bit serious out of the two there. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so now you say you get a little bit dizzy nowadays. Is that at least, at least you recognize that? As in, yeah, yeah. It, it could be could be worse. You could just you're not you're smart enough to not like power through it. Like be the be the big man and go. No, it's yeah. fine. Just a little bit dizzy. You're you're very uh you're, you're smart enough just to go. I feel dizzy. No, yeah. I'm going uh-huh. take and give myself a minute here and just get my bearings back. Is is that ever kind of stopped anything in the future? Have you, have you been in the middle of a match and felt it and just think right? I need to kind of cut this short. No, is... I'd I'd say that like um I've. I've this is sounds big-headed, but like, I'm that much of like a professional. Like I know where I am. That like if anything like that does happen to me, then I can take a wee second and I can communicate that properly as well. Uh, thankfully, it's it's not really happened in a match, so I've not had to worry about it. But uh, on like the very 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 occasion where I am like right cool, and it's it's not not put myself or my opponent in danger at all because that's the number one rule like as stupid as it sounds like you don't care for yourself you just keep your opponent safe and and that's it and then you hope that's reciprocated as well so number one priority is to keep like the person who's standing across from me safe and that's what what i do so how did you decide then that the gpwa so you took a break from that then because of course of that uh but when yeah. you saw gpwa i think you were you said in that interview you were the third intake so you, yeah you've seen it come in 
and see who was kind of starting off. But why did you go back? So, so it's I kind of an itch that I just had to scratch. You know, it was it was always going to be that what if, like you always think to yourself, like it's not I should have done this, I should have done that. And like I'm really glad that I went for it because uh, because wrestling has been very good to me. So I just I seen that advert on Facebook, uh, and it said we're we're taking our next and taking in March, and I'm like right okay I'm gonna go for it. I'd been to a couple of wrestling shows before, and the the people that I knew uh, from the poster. So it was like kind of the original five coaches. I thought, right, cool. If I'm going to wrestle, then that's who I want to get in with as well. And it was really good because it was like really detailed on the website about how training was structured as well and how like all of the coaches had an input into the training. So it wasn't a case of, right, you're just learning this style, this one style, and that's it. Because that can get like a bit monotonous and it isn't great for your growth as a wrestler, as a character and stuff like that. So I've seen the advert and I thought, it's not, I'm just, I'm going to go for it. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, and in, in that intake, it was, uh, that's where Sam Barber versus Ravi Davy started. Because uh, him and I were in the, the same intake. And that's where that rivalry kind of started from. Because it's like both Davy and I were, were very competitive. like, And we just wanted to show the coaches that like we were the best in the class. Essentially, not quite teacher's pet, but just like I'm more athletic, I'm, I'm kind of more coachable and stuff like that. So that's that's where it started, and it's still going all these years on. Is it? It's, it's that fight forever. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Um, it's my fight forever. <laughs> so yeah, so, so when you you say, that, of course, I've I've spoken to, I've spoken. Is that the right word? I've uh, I've chatted with. Uh, Sounds better. Uh, with a uh, with a bunch of other guys from GPWA, like like uh, Mike Devine and uh, Robert mm-hmm. Romero and and guys like that, and we pretty much came to the agreement of exactly what you're saying. GPWA offers such a wide range of of uh, like styles because not one from the original five coaches, especially you would never say any of them were the same. As in, yeah, in Lionheart style was completely far and away different to BT Guns. Um, even mm-hmm. some overlaps and again Wolfgang bigger but there's still you can do a little bit of everything and, and of course you've yeah. got Rudo who's, who's got the, the mic work and you've got mm-hmm. just, yeah and, and obviously Jester because I've mentioned everyone else to be as well mentioned Jack Jester <laughs> as well yeah. uh, who's got the hardcore style as well so he knows how to kind of take take the lumps and take the pain safely generally mm-hmm. uh, as well so yeah you've got a little bit of a, a bit of everything in that in that kind of style uh, in that in that kind of environment what was it like taking that first bump then? So you, you had your stuff at source. Was there any, any trepidation coming in? Or again, was it just like, no, I need to get this itch scratched. I'm going to just throw myself into it. Oh, undoubtedly. Like, so the, you didn't actually, so it was, it was an eight-week course when I started. Uh, I think since then it's now moved to a 10-week course potentially. But that's by the by. So we didn't actually do our first bump until week two or week three. And the first week that was kind of getting to know each, uh, everyone in the class, uh, I think showing you how to walk up as well. And it was a bit of a disclaimer as well. And you had to see if you had any ailments, any previous like wrestling experience uh, and like as well and any injuries. Uh, and I didn't actually disclose the fact that uh, I suffered from concussions, but to be fair, 
it'd been like two, three years since then, and I hadn't taken a a similar fall essentially uh, in those years, and I didn't want to practice in my garden essentially <laughs> before I went. But yeah, uh, with that kind of that memory lingering in the back of my head of having to drive uh, half an hour with one eye open, uh, there there was definitely some trepidation and taking that first bump and it, it went smoothly it went good uh, probably not the smoothest because you've still got that wee bit of doubt so like the last seconds about like, <laughs> but it went well I survived I didn't get concussion there uh, and we just kind of went went on from there yeah so that moment though must have kind of been a bit of a relief then as in you hit the ground hit the back hit the ground whatever and you're like that's fine yeah I've got this now I mean of course you still yeah. have your Still have your spells, like you say, but you know how to safely manage them and uh, mm-hmm. keep keep your opponent safe uh, out, uh, and, and yourself, obviously. Uh, yeah. To the more important things. Oh, hang on. Drew's trying to escape my desk here. <laughs> um, right. So you, you started up again and you made your debut. I've got here Night of the Asylum 2 uh, mm-hmm. with, with Ravy Davy. I'm going to guess against GPWA. I'm guessing there was a, a gala at some point, a Battle Royal, yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. Uh, so that's, that is what it was. I think so, anyway, because uh, there, there was a Battle Royal that must have been like Asylum 2 then. Uh, and it was Davey and I to be the, the last two. Sorry, sorry, uh, mate. That, that that was the match. I mean, beforehand, I'm guessing there was like a, a gala day at oh, like Alexandra right. Park or something like that beforehand sorry. as your actual, like your unofficial debut. So uh, no no that was that was my second match. Uh, oh, no 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 tell I sorry 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 right get confused. Uh, so Sam Barber's official debut was in a battle royale before, but however there is a a, a mask luxador uh, under the guise of El Gingero that uh, made his debut at uh, Denison Gallery. And what happened was I was actually on holiday uh, with lots of my friends and I got a flight home two days earlier just so I could make it. Uh, So I was in France with my friends uh, doing some volunteer work and got a flight two days earlier than everyone else and went to Denison uh, for the gala day and they debuted as El Gingero. Uh, So he turned out to be a bit of a a Denison gala day uh, hero, uh, the the main event of the main event, the the main event of the Battle Royal. So he only ever appears when there's a, a dancing Battle Royal. But uh, however, so then after that, I had a Battle Royal uh, in which Davy and I were the last two as well uh, at Night the Asylum One, and I think I think Davy won that one actually, but. Here's here's a wee bit behind the curtain. So I was supposed to get eliminated like well, well before. And the fact that I brought the most people to Night of the Night the, the, the fact that I brought most people to Night of the Asylum, uh, got told, right, okay, cool, you may as well just be in the final two then anyway. And that was quite good because in Battle Royales, it's just a case that you get to do like a wee bit and then right off you pop and you go. Whereas when you're the final two, as you know, there can be a bit of a mini match, we bit of storytelling, and it was cool just to be able to kind of showcase that as well. 
Uh, and it wasn't even my own tights that I wore uh, during that match as well. I had to borrow from tights because it got kind of thrown up on me uh, that I, w- I was going to be in the final two because if I wasn't in the final two, then I was just going to go to Elgin Gerald. But the fact that I was in the final two, I was like, right, okay, cool, there you go. Sam Barbie experience. So that's Night Asylum 1. Night Asylum 2 was Ravy versus I. And then the next night in Newcastle was my ICW debut as well. Uh, you m- might have that in your notes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, I was helping uh, ICW as part of the ring crew, driving down. And uh, one, one of the rules is you always bring your gear. But I thought, like, this, I've only had one match. Like, why did I bring my gear? So we're, oh, we're probably about at Curl Isle. And I've got Scott Reed in the car. And Scott goes, oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you were told this. And this is, like, two and a half, three years into the journey. Oh, we want you in the, the, the pre-show match. And I'm like, what? I said, yeah, want you. And I was like, I, just, I literally just had my first match last night. But... Uh, they got good feedback from it, saying it was really good, and I went on the show. I was like, that's great, amazing. I don't have my gear. I'm like, oh, what, you didn't bring your gear? I said, well, you know, it's only like my first match. Like, why would I carry my gear with me? So my mum had to drop off my gear uh, at the asylum, and then Wolfgang brought my gear down for me so I could have my, uh, my first ICW match, which is really cool. Uh, so I was just... It was, it was cool uh, that the fact that my second ever singles match was for ICW in essentially a different country as well in the O2 Academy. Exactly. Uh, so, it, it, again, it's that, again, it's the fight forever. We'll, we'll probably get on to more, more matches or EVDVs or, or moments where you guys have mm-hmm. crossed paths uh, as we go along. But, um, yes, of course, that match uh, Newcastle was against EVDV as well. And then you ended up um, in the Asylum 4 I think you, you were the, am I right in thinking you were the first student-only main event? Yes. Well? Uh-huh. That, so that that was it. Uh, so we, Davey and I, were the two kind of flag bearers of GPWA. We were the, the faces of GPWA. Uh, and we were trusted enough to represent the brand uh, in the first student-only main event. So with that, there had to be like I'm. I like to be a bit of a showman, so with that, there had to be like theatrics, you know. Uh, and there was more theatrics on the night that we hadn't like planned or anything at all, which just kind of added so much to the match as well. But uh, that is where the the infamous Lion King entrance came from. Uh, so I had I, I bought two Rafiki masks, uh, and I got carried out to the ring uh, where. Uh, the Lion King theme playing. Uh, I can't even remember the name of the theme. I, I I can remember the intro, but I can't even remember the name of the, the Lion King theme. So is it uh, your, your classic um, Arsene Wenger one? Yeah, okay. I, that's on. <laughs> so I got, got carried out to that. And before I even take a step in the ring, Davey like, spears me through the ropes, like Big E style. Uh, and then that, that's a match from there. So that... That's probably the match, Night Asylum 4, is the, the match that I, ha- I hold the fondest memories of. Because, one, it was like the first like all-sudden main event. Uh, I got to share the, the ring with some of my friends uh, as well because it turned into like a bit of a schmoz. And the whole event 
led to that main event essentially. So all the stories kind of intertwined, uh, and like I, I brought so many people to it, so so many people got to witness it, uh, and like the, the drama, and it as well because that that's all kind of best one is as well. Like, like to me, you know, it's all about the storytelling, it's all about the drama, and uh, I caught Davy with such a punch that he just burst open like one snug punch right there and burst him open uh, and then so the the blood kind of elevated everything as well it heightened the emotions uh, there was receipts as well so I left with like a, a, a very very black eye like at one point I actually thought that he broke my orbital bone like the Undertaker, because within like touching me or so on, boom. Thankfully, I wasn't bleeding, uh, but that lasted about two, three weeks. And because it was so inflamed at the time, one of the wrestlers thought it'd be a good idea to get a Stanley blade and like just cut it open. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, I never done that. But it was like, Sam that needs strains because it's so big. I was like, no, no, I'm all right. I think I'm gonna just get it seen to it. Like, no, just it's, it'll be fine. Honestly, I've done this before. Just cut it, and I'm like, you're all right. I'm not gonna cut my eye. Uh, but what, yeah, that's. Was Was there a part of you that after maybe a week, we extend the Undertaker thing? Was there a part of you just, just like, who can make masks, masks for protection, oh. and then just coming back with the, with a, a yeah, dazzled mask? So, so it wasn't. The Undertaker mask, but I definitely did do a wee bit of research and I spent hours researching as well. So after that, the thing that I really, really, really wanted was the the Cody Rhodes mask mm. uh, when he had like the all clear face mask because because I, I really wanted that. The only face masks I could find, unfortunately, were uh, like plastic ones. It was kind of like white plastic. Uh, or if it was like clear, it'd be like clear here, but then like plastic on the nose, which just wouldn't look as good. But yeah, that was going to be like my next like gimmick essentially. Uh, but I couldn't actually find a suitable mask, unfortunately. Oh, we were denied. We we're denied it. Undashing. Uh, yes, Barbary. exactly, exactly. So the Sam Barbary experience then. So an mm-hmm. absolutely different thing that because everyone has a name or they have a, a like like the Rock is The Rock or The Miz or their actual proper human name. But the Sam mm-hmm. Barber experience, something different. Yeah. Where, where did you come up with that kind of moniker? So Sam Barber experience, like, so I wanted to, I wanted to keep my name, essentially. And I think at, at that Royal Rumble there, uh, it shows why you maybe should keep your name in regards to Brock Lesnar and in regards to Bobby Lashley and the fact that like all their accolades like they've taken a name with them whether it be like NCAA champion whether it be like USC Bellator like so I, I just I really really wanted to keep my name but I thought Sam Barber that's a bit like oh. so uh, as it was actually the Jimi Hendrix experience that I kind of I drew inspiration from now being from Scotland Everyone thinks it's GBX, like the George Bowie experience. Uh, so, and that's where Billy Kirkwood thought I took the, the inspiration from as well. So, when he's commented to my matches uh, with an ICW before, uh, 
he's called my finisher bits and pieces because of uh, GBX. But yeah, uh, the Sam Barbets Fiends drew inspiration from the Jimi Hendrix experience. And <coughs> sorry, it was originally supposed to be like kind of like psychedelic kind of vibes. Uh, and actually, uh, it was supposed like my, my original intention was supposed to be very, very, very similar to a Velveteen Dream. Uh, now, if you remember, Velveteen Dream didn't actually get introduced as Velveteen Dream at the start. His name was the Patrick Clark Experience. And after that, uh, so when he uh, had his name, Patrick Clark Experience, uh, a few people actually tagged me, and it is also the tagging me and like I did a wee superstars tweet and like got oh is he just copying you? And I was like, oh my days, like and then like literally the next week it changed to Velveteen Dream. So yeah, like I, I'm not even lying, like I was shook by it. Uh, I was like, maybe, maybe he's seen this then. Like, and then he's like, nah, Joe, I want to be out of junkie. That seems like the kind of person that he is. Uh, so yeah, it was supposed to be very kind of Velveteen Dream, Jimi Hendrix, like Prince inspired. Uh, and uh, ended up taking a, a bit of a, a life of its own. And the, the main inspiration was actually Zoolander. Zoolander is one of my favourite films. Uh, so that's where a lot of the, the characteristics of SBX comes from. Well, and then, of course, uh, well, the, the Frankie says, relax, kind of T-shirt. I mean... To be honest, I'm up in the northeast, I'm in North Scotland, so the George Barry experience would it means nothing to me, to be perfectly honest. So yeah. the I was all about the Jimi Hendrix experience. That was the only one I'd heard of. So the yeah. fact that it's something t- different than what I thought of is even better because I'm learning. I'm learning as we go as, in these <laughs> yeah. things. That's what I like to do in these podcasts. I don't like to. I don't like to have all the answers um, because you know that's a terrifying thought in the world. Um, so, so so yeah, you say to start off. The, the plan was so actually just. Might rewind that. So you've uh, obviously Patrick Clark, uh, um, Velveteen Dream mm-hmm. doesn't really wrestle much anymore for reasons. But uh, yeah. he, he, in our minds here, he's he's checked out some Sam Barber experience and went, no, I'm not messing with that. I'm not messing with Sam Barber. I'm, I'm just going to become something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I genuinely like no other life think that it's these. Now, people are just going to say, oh, you're talking, talking rubbish, talking baloney. But hey, <laughs> Yeah, I, I seen it the next week because I had like a very vested interest in it as well because like I said it was very similar to kind of what I was trying to do as well. Uh, and yeah, it, it changed the next week to Velveteen Dream, which like is a very cool name uh, as well, but it didn't uh, fit in with like my original ethos of like I wanted to keep my name. So uh, I mean, it worked for him at the time, you know, so. So you also uh, formed a little tag team as well with uh, CS Rose, who I think he does quite a lot of, um, he's a quite a big blogger now. Uh, with his journalism. Yeah. Um, and you faced, you know, just the coffees. You know, just, yeah. just the coffees. Uh, what was it like? So this is the Handsome Man's Club. Uh, Handsome Man's Club, yeah. You called yourselves and you're coming up against Mark and Joe Coffee, mm-hmm. of course, now in NXT UK. Um, yeah. And but before that point, we're probably the, some of the biggest names in Scottish wrestling, out with WWE, uh, what was it like getting told you you're getting this match with the coffees and 
what was yeah what was what was the thought so that wasn't the original match that was a uh, that was scheduled so the original match was handsome man's club sbx and cso's versus one joe coffee and one noam dar so for some reason it was joe coffee and noam dar in a tag match versus the handsome man's club they were already scheduled anyway but we got put against them and the reason why Noam Dar couldn't make it was because the night before he was getting flown to New York uh, to sit at SummerSlam because he'd just been signed by WWE. So that's kind of the match that got away from me that I'm so gutted about uh, that I've never faced Noam Dar in the ring before. Like I've been on shows with him before, uh, but I've never been in the ring with him. Uh, so that was the original match, and we, CS Rose and I, never got told until the day of who was going to be his replacement as well, because I didn't know whether it was going to be Mark. I didn't know whether it was going to be like Jackie Polo, like whether like whether it be whoever you know, because it, it was quite a random matchup. Let's be honest, like Joe Coffey, no, I'm there. You wouldn't really put them two as a tag together. Uh, but then, yeah, so so I didn't really have time to let, uh, let it settle in, the fact that I was facing like, the coffees. Uh, so I j- just had to roll with it, but it was good. It was a, it was a good learning experience. And I've actually been in the ring with Joe multiple times now, uh, as of us speaking. Uh, and every time is a, a learning experience. But that was the first time him and I uh, shared the ring together. And it was my first... Uh, my first tag match, I think, because uh, before that I had a mixed tag match, uh, and it was like myself and Moss Barton versus Casey and Ravy, but I never had like an actual tag match where like him and I were cohesive as well. And with that, uh, I said earlier, I like to be a bit of a showman, so it wasn't relaxed that it came out to. It was a uh, one Edwin Starr's war. Uh, and we came out with the the face pain and like combats uh, and a toy rifle as well, which I still have. Uh, so that uh, that got over as well. The entrance uh, that was good, and with that we drew inspiration from war games because uh, I've I've got this picture and it was my wallpaper on my phone for the longest time of Sting uh, and Matchman Randy Savage like decked out. Uh, and the camouflage for for war games, uh, so I thought I really really want to do that. Uh, so <clears throat> we we done that, and it was a good match. Like in, in hindsight, I could have focused more on the match than uh, the entrance. That's hindsight. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Uh, but I still felt that I had a good showing, and and what I done. Uh, and the fans went home happy at the end of the day. So that's that's the main thing. You know, as long as the paying customers are happy, that's that's all you can ask for. Like there's always going to be one or two things that you can you can work on in the ring uh, as well. But it was good to to share the ring with someone or two people who are so experienced. I, I absolutely get that. I mean I know for myself, like I I love wrestling. I've loved wrestling for for West Point. Was it 2022? Started watching 98. So 24 years of I've, I've watched wrestling, and um, all the way through, didn't have this, didn't have the grown up break of, of all. I was still there the whole way, and 
I've I've come to the point, much like we were discussing just before we hit record about the rumble. Um, I just I, when I watch wrestling, I switch off and just be entertained. And when, when you're saying that you 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 felt you concentrate too much on maybe too much on the showmanship of it all, um, I think I probably would have watched it. And went, yeah, I love that just because that's the bit I like. I like the wrestling. Yeah. The wrestling's great, but I like the story. I like the the almost the pantomime of it all. That's the bit I mm. like about wrestling. Um, more. I mean, you can do. 15 minutes of submissions, I'll probably be ace and I'll enjoy it. It'll be nice and smooth. But if you if you stand up and then uh, point one way one direction, slap them the other, five stars. That's my yeah. <laughs> that's my cup of tea. Just the the, the silliness of all. Um, but no, speaking of Joe Coffey, you said you've had several matches with him. You've also had a, a non a, a non title victory when he was ICW World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, by DQ, but don't, don't let facts get in the way of a story. Uh, so, not, no. so, yeah, I was going, from that point onwards, though, after that coffee match, the, the your opponents, like the experience that you were getting in the ring with, um, like the Kenny Williams, Jack Jester, uh, Michael Chase, uh, Shady Natras, of course, from Target, who's, a, a, well, a, who's wrestled for the Donkey's okay, years now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, of course, uh, I don't know if I already said, but Lionheart in, in 2017 as well. Um, was it was that you were you really feeling like your confidence booming at that point that you were you were getting to be yeah. on shows with these these experienced guys they were putting a lot of trust in you to 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 be in the ring with them because at the yeah. end of the day, you, you, at the end of a match you've both got to look good uh, mm-hmm. so they're they're putting the trust in you to not make them look useless at the same time <laughs> so so yeah when you're getting all these big matches was it just like your confidence just sky high so yeah, the fact that I was being given the matches, my, my confidence was sky high. Uh, in that Kenny Williams match, I actually got knocked out cold. Uh, so that was a, a very abrupt match. And to be honest, like my confidence did take a big dip uh, after that. And it took a while to get back in the swing of things. Uh, I just took a rogue boot to the face, essentially. Uh, and... I was, I was out cold for maybe like a second, a split second, but I woke up and I was just like, no, nah, like I, I'm staying down. Like I just want, I don't, didn't know where I was and I was like, no, nah, like I'm kind of tapping right here and that might not be the mentality to have, but I just thought, right, cool. Like if I do that, then like I'm not putting anyone else in danger. Essentially, because I said number one priority is to keep other people safe as well, and there was like no telling where, like, if I'd just been not very cold, uh, whether I might take a dizzy turn kind of later on in the match as well. Uh, so my, my confidence did take a bit of a dip after that, uh, but I, I got back to my feet and uh, I kind of mental capacity, and I was feeling real confident myself and my, my wrestling ability. Uh, the, the big turning point for me like was the night of the asylum tournament that was that was the big thing for me uh because that was very much uh i don't like to use the phrase but a card subject to change uh atmosphere and the fact that i wasn't supposed to go to the final like that got called on the fly that night uh, just because of the the following that I was I was garnering, essentially, uh, because over those two days of that tournament, uh, I got myself the most over with the fans. So I went into that tournament as a as a heel, as a bad guy, uh, 
And by the end of it, I was like top baby face. Like I just baby faced everyone else out of the water, essentially. Uh, so that that was a big turning point because uh, I went back through and everyone else was full of praise for me, uh, like my coaches, my peers, everyone. And so after that, that's when I was like, right, oh, okay, cool, I've got this. Maybe I can I can do something. And then I got given the matches as well. Uh, and yeah, I think the most fun matches I've had were probably with Lionheart as well. Uh, like he's he's someone that I hold really dear at my heart, and he had a lot of trust in me himself as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, he was just he was just all about the entertaining as well. Like we shared a similar or the same favorite wrestler as well. Both our favorite wrestlers were the Rock, so we could like laugh about that as well and kind of try and work his moves into the match uh, and just just have a bit of a laugh as well. Like my. A big gimmick pre-pandemic was the lollipop. Now I can't really do it anymore, uh, but I used to shove my lollipop in people's mouth. Uh, I've wrestled Lion Heart a few times now, uh, and it was getting to the point where, like the the ways of getting the lollipop in the eyes of mouth, or perhaps in my mouth, or just getting more outlandish and outlandish. So it was it was funny to just kind of try to talk uh, one another and make each other laugh during the match. So, so that was good. So. Because, I mean, this one is about putting on a show, but you still need to love it. You still need to enjoy it at the end of the day. And, like, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you may as well just tap out and just kind of call it a day, you know. I know some people do take sabbaticals uh, and then come back. Uh, and sometimes that's what you need to do. But you, you really do need to enjoy what you're doing in the ring. Uh, and if you aren't, it shows big time. Um, I mean, like, I think you kind of... You found the, 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 the thing... To, to get the crowd involved straight away, of course, with the Sam Barber experience. I mean, um, like I've already said, like I'm big into the, I'm big into the outlandish, the the character, the that kind of stuff. That's the bit I love, and I'm and I'm guessing that's as it's proven every uh, yourself. That's that's what the kids like. That's what the the yeah. casual viewer like. They like the big characters. I mean, uh, and not to say that, not to like say badly to anyone else, but there's a lot of wrestlers coming through that are just like, I am a wrestler. I'm a good wrestler. I've yeah, got yeah. I've got black tights and kick pads. I'm going to do a wrestle, and then the next match will be yourself coming out with two Rafikis and Olipop and and doing all this kind of wild stuff instead. Yeah, so yeah. I know I know that wrestling is kind of like a circus. You need you need everything. You need a bit of, a bit of variety. But when someone sees the likes of yourself or, or Ravy Davey be another absolute perfect example, yeah. um, that's the kind of that's the people that's wrestlers people remember after a show uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's me and my soapbox, so let's be let's get down off it. Well, I mean, like, you're right. I mean, like, who is the most popular wrestler, like, in Scotland of all time? Um, I'd say, yeah, Grado, 100%. Okay. Like, I mean, Drew might be signed. Drew might be, like, former WWE champion. But, I mean, to be honest, he's still not as over as Grado. Like, Grado's, like, the number one. Grado's, like, off the back of wrestling, got himself, like, a radio show. Uh, he's got himself on TV as well and not having to do like stupid things to put his body uh, in harm like in harm's way and he's still like living comfortably as well like the guy got it like figured out as well like and he, he didn't like get himself down about having to get in you know, ridiculous like behemoth shape like Grady was just like your, your everyday man your dusty roads kind of guy you know you're 
a common man, eh, but the fact that he's such a character, it eh, got him over it. And that, that just proves as well that it is all about the characters. Like Mick Foley as well. Like, it's, I, I'm, I'm a big eh, like believer in uh, wrestling is about characters as well. Because, I mean, Steve Austin, like, perhaps one of the most over people, like, ever. But that's because he was, like, the anti-authority, like, Austin 316, back when he was, like, the Hollywood Blonde, or back when he was, like, the ringmaster. He was he was still wrestling the same. He didn't really do much else different. But it was his character, and that's what really kind of set him apart as well. So you just need to find that character. Like, because, I mean, you can wrestle for days. And same with uh, Kurt Angle as well. Like, Kurt, Kurt was, like, class. Like, Kurt can, once again wrestle for days but it was a character that like kind of people bought into the fact see when he started going comedy that's when like his value just like skyrocketed big time yeah it's, it's the it's the it's the cliche work smart not hard it's, yeah yeah i mean you, like yourself again not not to say anything bad for anyone <laughs> but everyone can do these 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 good wrestler moves and then you can just come in put a lollipop in someone's mouth and get the biggest reaction of the night so it yeah, is yeah. Car- carlito will be another example uh, everyone doing all these fancy moves. He just came out like bit an apple, spit it in someone's face. Biggest reaction. So it yeah. is just finding that character that suits you, that you feel comfortable with, and and that you're um, comfortable exploring and, and letting people embrace. Um, tangents. There we go. See, told you. Um, we're, we're well into the tangents of these things. Uh, we're definitely. I'm looking at. I'm looking at, at like time, and I think. I think. Apologies. That's all right. No, definitely not. Don't apologize. But like we're in 20, 2017, and we're like. Not even made it past there, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're we're almost a good hour in. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of not skip a few things, but we did the asylum invitational, like you say, we got to the final uh, against Iron Echo, who ended up winning the tournament. Um, twenty seventeen saw you made and in, into twenty eighteen saw you make like big debuts. You were of course PWE uh, with mm-hmm. the team GPWA and the Asylum Elite. Uh, you ended up uh, in in Newcastle again for uh, MEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, your 4GW and uh, in July 2018, of course, Shug's House Party. Against, yeah, Shug's House Party. Against surprise, surprise for anyone listening, Ravy Davy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Ravy, uh, Shug's? Hmm. Because was. Oh, actually, no, I am incorrect. No. It was yeah, not. Yeah, it ah, was uh, Gervin. Yeah, Lewis Gervin, because Ravy was the next year. Uh, was so. Both of those were very last minute additions as well. Uh, so in that, uh, I've, I've been consistently backstage at ICW uh, and just kind of wait for my, my time essentially. And I'm just, I'm trying to do everything I can to get on a show. I'm putting on like what I think are these good matches for GPWA uh, like within Glasgow and then out with as well. I'm in PWE, I'm in Target, I'm in 4GW. Uh, and I'm just trying to like build my, my value essentially, but I'm always kind of chipping away in the background uh, at ICW. And I get told that we need a new backstage interviewer. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I think like, I can talk, I can I can have conversations with people as you can tell here because we're, we're so far into the, the podcast just now, the interview, and we're only like 2017, 2018, so once again, <laughs> apologies for that. Uh, but I think, right, okay, cool, let's use my <clears throat> my strengths to my advantage, and this could be a foot in the door. 
at least I'm on <coughs> IZWTV and from that build up to matches. Uh, and that's the way it worked. Uh, so there was a, a tiny bit of a story behind that and the fact that like I was interviewing Lewis uh, and he was kind of like fobbing me off and stuff like that and eventually I just like snap I'm like no nah, that's it I've had enough of that like I mean you shouldn't really treat people like that anyway you know like they are still a human being but at the end of the day like I'm <clears throat> number one wrestler first and then interviewer it just so happened that I was being an interviewer at the time but like wrestling is still my passion wrestling is what I want to do uh, and I got to go to Shog Size Party and compete which was amazing like it was class uh, and yeah in hindsight once again the match probably could have been a little bit better uh, because it is, it is that pressure and for myself, that's probably one of the, the downsides of being so engrossed in wrestling and so involved in it. Like you've got all this varying feedback and it's up to you to filter that out. And while being respectful, uh, it's up to you to decide who you listen to and who you don't really listen to as well. Uh, so in hindsight, like that match could have went better as well. Uh, and one thing that I really regret about it is uh, <clears throat> so everyone told me that listen see if you want to be a wrestler you need to take your top off like you can't wrestle with a t-shirt on but I was like Do you know what? it's not really like I'm wearing a t-shirt though it is like part of the outfit it's part of my brand it's part of my identity but the fact that so many people got on to me about taking the t-shirt off I was like right, okay cool I'm going to do it uh, and I wanted to have like a uh, a Jeff Hardy moment essentially where you take the t-shirt off and everyone screams like I, so I was like right cool this is my moment I not go outside the ring I turn around I'm fired up and I go to take the t-shirt off silence nothing and from that I was like oh this isn't going to be good and you can't exactly just go right cool I'm going to put this back on so you have to like kind of continue the match with a uh, the, the t-shirt on so continue the match do the match uh, I get actually injured from it at the very end as well uh, after the, the filthy gen give me their their finish uh, which is like the, the tombstone uh, double stomp things I land awkwardly on my neck uh, and I've got a crack in my neck for a few days but I get backstage uh, and then I get told maybe you should have kept the top on and I'm like oh man like you, just, you can't win. So then the next year, uh, I'm on Chug Size Party again. And this is the one with David Davy. Uh, but this one, I'm like, once again, really want to make an entrance. So <clears throat> I come out in my Hollywood Hogan gear. So I've got this class gear that, to be fair, I've only actually been able to wrestle in about twice, uh, which is really annoying because I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've only been able to wrestle it twice. So I come out, I make this entrance. It is kind of like NWO, HMC, and I've got a class T-shirt. Like, this this T-shirt, like, I'd, like I'd, love, I'd love to sell it, but I'd feel too stupid about selling a T-shirt with my face on it. But the T-shirt itself is class. It's so cool. Uh, so I come out, and then when, once again, I'm in the moment, I'm in the match, Pop Davy, uh, Davy's a heel at this point because he's part of the, the Dallas Mavericks. 
Uh, so I'll pop him out and I'm like, right, this is it, this is it. I'm firing up big time and I'm hogging it. Like I do that. So I've got it sort of here and I'm hogging it. And then I'm out back in the pictures and I'm like, oh, maybe I should have kept it on. I don't know if that's just me being self-conscious or not, but I'm like, maybe. Because it's it's very easy in wrestling to compare yourself to like the other guys uh, as well. So that's why I'm like, maybe I should have kept that on. But like both experiences were amazing getting to wrestle uh, in front of like hundreds of fans uh, as well. And kind of, Continuing the story uh, of myself versus Ravi Davy again. Another chapter in the in the long in the long history of the of the yeah of the, again the fight forever as we discussed. Um, so yeah, as I was going again going through these and uh, no, it's twenty nineteen early twenty nineteen. Of course, uh, uh, Red Lightning uh, Rudo Lightning was was up in up in the northeast, and you ended up making your debut against uh, Dino Del Monte up in WrestleZone. Yes. Um, so what was it like? I mean. I guess around this time, I think uh, Thatcher Wright also started making appearances up, up this end of town. Um, mm. What was it like uh, heading up north and, and getting a different crowd? Because this is a, is a very, very family orientated crowd. I don't know if that if, if you've had anything so family orientated, because it's all about big characters. And Sam Barber experience seems almost too perfect to be in that yeah. environment. Uh, so what was it like uh, wrestling up, up, up this way? It was it was amazing. Like I uh, so it was amazing. It was weird though. So I uh, because I was the driver uh, of like I wasn't on the main card, uh, and Dino Del Monte uh, was probably still quite new in the, the school at the time as well. Uh, and this was only his like, second or third match, but so we were we were the pre-show match. So we were the like, doors open for like the, the golden ticket holders and then everyone else like gets in after. So we wrestled in front of at most eleven people. At most eleven people. And like it was it was scary but it was good because that made me like try and ramp up after them like that right listen I'm not going to do anything unless it gets a reaction. And it did. And when I went backstage, uh, I, I got told, you know, that was real good. See, considering that was in front of like 11 people, you done amazing. You gave the crowd what they wanted. You got a reaction out of them. They were allowed back here. It seemed like there was like at least 20 people there. So it seemed like there was more uh, than there was. Uh, so that was good. Really enjoyed the match uh, with Dino as well. And WrestleZone, it's somewhere where I, I really want to be again. Like, well, right now, I, I just I want to be anywhere. I just want to kind of get my wrestling fix. Uh, so hopefully in the future, I will be uh, on a, a WrestleZone card again. Fingers crossed you are, because then I actually get to see you wrestle live. Because if it's yeah. not that, it's uh, it would be whenever SWA decide to do Merness again or or whenever, if you if you end up in WCL up in Elgin once a year. Uh, but but no, that, <laughs> WrestleZone's like my one chance to get in, see some of the guys because yeah. for, for sake of travel. Um, but, you know, it's it's we're, we're, we're a bit far north to, yeah. to, to just go go on a whim down to places, but I'm, I'm hoping to get some more places in the future. Um, but no, I, I mentioned that one particularly, because like I say, because your character, I thought that would be perfect, and like I say, it was, only, it was from 11 people, but 
Um, yeah. it's, 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 it's like you say, you, you want to get back there because it is, it's such an environment for characters. It's, it's, yeah. that's what it is. It's golden era, 80s, early 90s, even a little bit new gen with the wild kind of weird characters. Um, yeah, that, and that, that's where I thrive. That's where I thrive. I thought that would be. That'd be a great one just to, to pick out, and not just because I'm a big wrestling fan and I find any excuse to speak about it. <laughs> um, but no, you, that wasn't kind of your last foray with WrestleZone, though, because then you made Discovery debut that year and in a Good. match with the WrestleZone Tri Counts Championship <clears> online. <throat> uh, it was uh, Jason Reed, um, it was Jason Reed, Alexander Dean, and oh, I'm blanking. Who's the last, who's the last guy? Um, so was I can only rem- remember him because he was the guy that was a power of weight. Fraser Thomas. Fraser Thomas. That's the one. That's the one. Thomas. That's the one. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name either. Uh, no disrespect to Fraser, but I was like, if we didn't really have that much interaction, anyway, despite being being in a match together. But <clears throat> yeah, that that wasn't my last uh, interaction with. WrestleZone in general. Uh, and the Tri Counties belt, it's a really, really nice looking belt. That's like, a great belt. I wanted that so much. And like, I wanted to be able to represent WrestleZone. And like, I, I loved what Jason was doing. I loved the fact that like, he was taking that belt out with the Tri Counties uh, and kind of defending it. And that's, that's what I want to do as well. <clears throat> I want to first of all one about and then like take it under my wing and just kind of increase its value. Uh, so yeah, massive respect to to Jason to for for what he was doing. And unfortunately, uh, that was my night that night. Uh, it was me that that got pinned at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, like and I was hoping down the line to perhaps wrestling for it again, but it just it never came to fruition, unfortunately. Um, but what was it like getting, getting the call for Discovery? Because, I, I mean, up actually, I would say even now, they're they're probably one of the top, at least top three, top two uh, companies in the country. Um, yeah, I'm, like, Discovery is where I want to work big time. Like, I, as I said, I've, I've already wrestled for them uh, a few times, but, like, I'm not quite a Discovery mainstay I'm not quite like a proper Rossa member uh, and I'd, I'd just love to be considered one like I've got <clears throat> like so many ideas in the bank that I'm saving for when I do eventually get that call again get that message uh, because Discovery it's it's amazing like the, the stars that they've had over the few years uh, that they've brought like to the table, it's just just amazing. Like it's definitely one of the the hidden gems uh, of British wrestling. Like more people should have their eyes on Discovery. Discovery, as you said, like within the top two uh, promotions in the country, and it's it's, it's a place where I, I love to be. Uh, just because like the, the crowd's amazing and like backstage as well, it's just like such a good atmosphere as well uh, so I've, I've been to the jam house a few times and i've been to the corn exchange as well which is very cool yeah it's, it's good it's a hybrid crowd it's got that they'll 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 take your adult and castles like as an example um someone like yourself was in this big big character 
Uh, and then, then you've got your, your guys like Joe Hendry, even though he's got the big character, he's got, or Andy Wilde, that's probably a better example. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who might not have as much of a character, but has got the in-ring chops to kind of compensate for it. So it's, yeah, it's got a nice, nice little hybrid of, of people. Um, speaking of, of Discovery, and not so really speaking of Discovery, but their champion, he ended up doing a, a series of podcasts with Joe Henry. Yeah, uh-huh. as well. So, how did that come about? And uh, was your was your kind of? I think was it called how to was it how to build a pro wrestler. Remember uh, that? How, how to be a pro wrestler. How to be a pro, pro wrestler. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how did that come about? So that came about because I I reached out to Joe. So Joe, like I've I've got a lot of time for Joe. Like I I massively massively respect Joe and and what he does and the fact that. Like he's he is very much character led as well, but it's proven as well. Like in the fact that he's he's a Commonwealth champion, you know. Like if he's still wrestling, like that that's him. Like if he puts his mind to it, then he's going to do it. And he's been signed by like two major companies as well. Uh, not at that point, but it was just amazing. Uh, and and before that, like I know it sounds a bit stupid, but I I could see. Like the the drive and determination of Joe, uh, and he at that time believed that social media was such a big thing. So I reached out to him and I was like, Joe, like, listen, my my following isn't exactly grown, uh, and I see you've got a podcast. Like I'd I'd love to sponsor it. Like just like because you must have like so many viewers uh, that like are looking for like other wrestlers to follow as well and like hopefully I, I can be one of them so I reached out and I said can I sponsor the podcast just give me a wee shout out like I'm I'm trying to get myself out there I'm trying to do these things uh, and he respected that as well he respected that like I was a <clears throat> a real kind of go-getter at the time uh, and I was like yeah love to help you uh, we came up with a strategy uh, unfortunately I didn't pay off and and growing the numbers but it was just amazing to like be featured on the podcast and like can I tell my story a wee bit as well and like I kind of grew a friendship with you essentially as well at the time which was which is good which is good definitely uh, a guy that, that if you see someone doing so see someone hustling he's like that's that's his I mean you hear on the podcast that's that's his whole deal he'll He'll keep hustling until he find, gets an opportunity, and he'll just keep hustling till the next, and and uh, making the most of it. And he's a good he's a good role model, and, and probably some, a confidant to have there yeah, available to, to to massive respect for him. Run ideas too. Um, yeah. So if anyone else wants to go, got any more time? Once you've checked out the 130 podcasts I've done, go check out <laughs> go check out Joe Henry's. I, I when I, I still listen to them every week when they come out with the when he when he has the time, of course, because he's a very busy yeah. man. Um, yeah, incredible. I don't know how he even has time to to do a podcast. Um, but we, oh Christ, technical difficulties there. Um, so we'll, we'll, a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll kind of. I think we've got a part two somewhere in the future here. Uh, just just yeah. because we've got again between video games and all that kind of stuff, we could be here forever. But so uh, we've got uh, your trip to Ireland. So you did yeah. a, a seminar in Ireland. They end up wrestling uh, Paul Tracy as well so what was that like his experience i bought uh, i brought paul chase out of retirement again uh so paul paul was retired at the time and he hadn't wrestled in a number of years but at least a couple of years anyway at that point uh so uh, that was a situation where we didn't find out 
until the night before that we were wrestling. Uh, so we had this uh, week-long seminar, since so I think it's like Monday to Friday, with the show on the Saturday. Uh, and so it was essentially proving ground. Like Monday to Friday was proving ground. Cut your teeth, show them why you should be in the show, uh, show them why you want to be in the show. And yeah, that was that was really good. Like that seminar is absolutely invaluable. Like probably it's not the the best like experience of my career, uh, or maybe the, the second best experience of my career, kind of top two anyway for sure. Uh, the other one being going to WXW in Germany. But yeah, so that, like, I've made kind of friends for life through Ireland. Uh, really enjoyed that. And I got to show, like, other people that, like, I'm in business. And I got to show people, like, from Scotland as well, because, like, there was, there was people who flew over for the seminar that I'd never stepped in a ring with before. So, like, they could kind of scope me out, get a feel for me. I could kind of scope them out, get a feel for them as well. Uh, but I'm impressed with the character. And uh, my match ended up uh, a gauntlet match. So there was a gauntlet match with promos in between uh, each opponent as well. So I had to cut two, three, three promos maybe, because it's the intro promo. Then, yeah, three promos uh, I had to cut, which is cool, because it, it kind of kept establishing my character more and more and more. Uh, as well until I faced the big boss Paul Tracy who was making his return to Irish wrestling uh, as well so that that was amazing it was fantastic and I'm, I'm very thankful that I got put in a gauntlet match as well because it meant that I got to share the ring with three different people as well uh, and, and gain experience from that rather than like just one. I'm not saying like anyone who just shares experience uh, the ring with one person, like you get any less, but it was cool just to have a wee bit of variety and like change up the my style essentially uh, throughout the match as well. Because like one uh, like match could be like heavy hitting, one could be technical, and it could like showcase my abilities uh, and. My general, I guess. A jack of all trades, master of none. You're, ma- you're maximi- maximizing your opportunity uh, in that moment. If you're if you're all going to be in Ireland once, you may as well get get three matches, get Paul Tracy out of retirement, and do a pro do all the promos you can you can muster in that yeah. time. Just yeah, get all the time you can. Um, what was <sighs> the, so? Of course, pandemic hit. Uh, February twenty February twenty twenty was your last match. That I've got noted anyway. Uh, was your SWA debut? You may have had. Possibly had a wrestling experience in Scotland in there somewhere as well, uh, but I haven't written it down. And then, of course, extended break back December 2021, October 2021 for mm-hmm. community pro wrestling. Yep. Um, well, during that time, did, were you just getting yourself into the, the shape of your life kind of thing? Did you, did you think this is never going to happen? And what was it like getting in front of a crowd again? So it was a, it was a hard time. Because uh, there were moments during that pandemic where I had to have a serious word with myself and think, is this what you want to do? Like you really, and I think everyone kind of had a word with themselves essentially and kind of prioritised where they want to be in life and like evaluated like everything that was in their life. Uh, so yeah, I had had a few conversations with myself about it, 
uh, and I always question whether whether I still want to do this anymore because like I'm not exactly old, but I just felt that I was getting quite stagnant as well, uh, and I wasn't really kind of progressing progressing at the rate that I wanted to, uh, and I seen others around me just kind of like take off, and I just felt that I was uh, in the dust essentially and like people i'm not exactly shiny in you anymore like once was like oh okay what's that like very good and that's it you know whereas like some like back in the day people, oh cool it's sam like what's he going to do next and stuff like that so yeah i had to, I had to have a conversation uh with myself so it's very kind of touch and go for a while uh and at one point i just told myself like i wasn't going to come back but even if i tell myself that I'm not going to come back to wrestling. I will never, ever announce it. I will never say this is my retirement from wrestling because that it, people never stick to it. People always get that. People come back. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's turned into a bit of a joke, essentially. Like I know a few people who said, "Oh, I'm retiring from wrestling," and then like they come back a month later and they're like, "Come on, man! Like, what's that all about?" And like it's a bit disrespectful to people as well because like they get like the oh my god, like, please don't go, I love you and stuff like that, you know, it's it's disrespectful to them, which which I think, so like if I ever decide that I'm like, that's, that's it, I'm calling it a day, like I'm never going to announce it, I'm just going to kind of fade into the black uh, but yeah uh, Davey and I uh, we had a conversation as well, and he told me that he's running community pro wrestling and I was like, right, okay, cool I want to be a part of this because this, this is a person that I trust that it's got like the wrestlers intentions, best intentions like at heart uh, as well. Uh, but not only that, the fact that like he's doing it in his hometown uh, and like wrestling's for the kids as well. I mean, that's probably how you and I both got into it, like while we were children as well. And that's what I was saying earlier about like reviews, uh, people reviewing WrestleMania 2000, like you need to look at it from like a kid's standpoint. How they love it, and yeah. So, I've got a a young cousin uh, who used to come to all my shows, kind of pre-pandemic, and I still kind of want to do it for him as well, so he can see it. His big cousins are there. So, so when CPW came up, I was like, yeah, cool, I want it. Uh, and then when I got told it was against CJ West as well. Now, like by the way, like CJ West is one of my best friends. Like, and we only met in Ireland. Uh, like during that first uh, seminar, like but since then we kept in touch. I went back over to Ireland as well, so I've been over to Ireland twice, and I ended up kind of staying in his house. Like he stayed in mine. Uh, so uh, like the fact that I got told it was against CJ West, like that kind of meant a lot as well. I meant right, cool. I cannot say no to this. So with that in mind, uh, and I said I had the, these conversations with myself. I thought like, the cat was getting a bit stagnant, so. I've uh, I've somewhat rebranded the Handsome Man's Club, if you will. Uh, so the Handsome Man's Club doesn't mean what it once meant as well. So the Handsome Man's Club originally was, uh, oh, right, I'm better than you, I'm more handsome, you're ugly, blah, blah. And it, it was, I mean, it was basic, but it was fine. But now the Handsome Man's Club, uh, as you may be able to see on the T-shirt that I'm currently selling, on sambarrx.bigcartel.com uh, <laughs> uh, so with that you've got the pink bar clavis and that's what uh, 
we came out with at the end of CPW, the Pink Bahaclavas, myself, Hope Cairo and Levi Justice. Uh, now the three of us are the Handsome Man's Club with the Pink Bahaclavas and the Pink Bahaclavas. Like, we we want to be essentially the, the face of the face with. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but like, Hands and Man's Club is now an, an all-inclusive group and it, like, despite having the name or the word man in it, it's not necessarily just men who are in it. Like, you can be any nature, any creed, as long as you're a, you're a good person uh, and not a, not a bad guy. Like You can you can join the Hands and Man's Club. And you want, I, I, as a handsome man, I want to give that a wee bit of hope back as well. Those people who maybe think that they got forgotten about a wee bit, I want to kind of bring them back to the surface as well and like use my status as the stats of the handsome man's club uh, to elevate that as well. Um, right, so we're going to get into it. We've got one, we've got one question in from Mike Divine. He just asked, when is the big fur coat making its return? <laughs> uh, so the, the fur coat was a massive part of my moniker back in the original days of the Sam Barbie students and since then like the character has evolved a bit eh, as I just said but I mean what's old can be new again so the the jacket might make an appearance sooner than later and if I ask uh, everyone we've got two questions I don't know if you listen to any previous podcast but we've got two questions we ask everyone, they're not wrestling related, they're just stupid. Uh, but the first one is, uh, what would win in a fight? Two sheep or one cow? Uh, one cow. Has a cow ever chased you? No, but a, a lamb has. Right, okay, cool. If a lamb chases you, you can just kick it. See if a cow chases you, oh my days, it's terrifying. Like, it would, it would trample you. So two cow, like, one cow or two sheep, like any day of the week. Right. Fair enough. I like the thought process. I love it. Love it. Some people just give me an answer and have no further thought, and then there's others that just come up with it with the like justifying this this ridiculous question. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other one we ask is, what's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, that's a good question. I was never really a dinosaur fan when I was younger. Well, uh, it's an interview over, so that's fine. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, it could be anything. It, it could be dinosaur related. So if you're a big Power Rangers guy, if you're a big yeah, that's whatever. what I was going to say, man. Like I, I want to go like Tyrannosaurus, like Red Power Ranger, big time, man. Like I'll, I'll go for Tyrannosaurus before the company gorilla. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Oh God, don't yeah, don't. <laughs> big Ivan Ooze. Oh God, the Power Rangers movie. That's. I mean, it was still better than the one that came out with more recently. But you know, yeah, they 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 got rid of the Triosaurus right? the the T Rex Megazord, and and I don't think I've really, really sorry T Rex Zord. I don't think I've uh, really forgiven them for that. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so like I say, we, we've had so so many tangents that we're gonna have to get a part two sometime in the future because I think we've got. We've got, we're kind of the same age. We kind of started at the same time. We've got very similar experiences in, in, in yeah. terms of random. So I think we've got, we've got a lot more we can speak about. But um, the last question I try to ask people now uh, before your social media plugs, because of course we'll get them in. Um, yeah. Dream match. So you've got main event at WrestleMania or choose whatever company is the biggest show if you're a big Japan guy, whatever. Um, you get to book the main event with yourself in it. Any opponents, 
opponent or opponents, any match, who would it be? Now, I would have, do you know what, massive respect for Rikishi, but I mean, let's, let's take him out. See the, the Armageddon, Hell in the Cell. I would love to have been a part of that, like replacing Rikishi. Like, so you've got, I mean, it's a bit greedy, but you've got The Undertaker, you've got The Rock, you've got Stone Cold, you've got Kurt Angle, and you've got Triple H, and then like SPX is next. Obviously, the SPX isn't really fit in, but that would be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, see see if it means that I need to get thrown off the, the cell into a, a hay bale truck, then so be it. But oh my days, like the star power in that match, and like, you never really get anything like that. Like, I prefer the Armageddon Hell in the Cell over Elimination Chambers because it was just such a big smoz and it's so cool. And it's the fact that you can climb to the top and then from that, stuff happens. That's the answer. This is, yeah, this is why we're definitely getting a part two in the future. Um, <laughs> so that's a, yeah, excellent answer. So before we wrap up then, where can people find out more about the San Barbara experience online? So you can find me, I try and keep all my handles the same now. Uh, so on Twitter and Instagram, that's what I use most. Uh, it's at Sam Barber X. Uh, and on Facebook, which I probably haven't updated in quite a while, it's the Sam Barber Experience. So that's where you can find me. But uh, Instagram is probably the main one as well. So that's a wee bit of a, an insight into my life as well. Maybe some food as well, because everyone loves some food. Uh, and obviously rest related stuff as well well thank you very much for for letting me join the experience today uh you're you've been part of the you. swn spotlight uh, pod i got can't even get the name of my own podcast right the swn podcast experience uh, but yeah thank, thank you very much appreciate that thanks so much brother